Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network. Welcome back. We're continuing our coverage of season one of Breaking Bad, this incredibly um, captivating opening season of Breaking Bad. Um, continues on to season one, episode five, Grey Matter, um, which was uh, first shown on the 24th of February, 2008. Um, this one's directed by Trisha Brock. Um, writers Vince Gilligan and Patty Lynn, as you'd expect, um, and um, really interesting episode this one. It uh, probably slows down the, the speed maybe a little bit from some of the other ones, but no less fun to talk about, so can't wait to get into it. My name's Nick, and uh, these noodles are responsible for our success. <laughs> and my name is Ben, and I've got the talking pillow now. <laughs> We really need like a virtual talking pillow, don't we? So we can kind of pass <laughs> I thought you were going to go countries. for that. I thought that was going to be your line. So I kind of had my backup ready to go. And I'm like, oh, okay. No, all right. We'll, we'll go with that one then. Kind of a little bit of like the, you know, the, the, the making of the Oz Network. But, um, you know, like it, it is quite fun to think of quotes. And, um, you know, when we did Nip Tuck, they were all like filthy, weren't they? Like they were all just like some <laughs> dirty comment. But this time around, I quite like finding the most kind of like abstract and out there um, quote to use to open, you know, like just, yep. uh, just it's a little bit weird and out there. So yeah, I couldn't go past the noodles really. Oh, and who doesn't love a good packet of uh, ramen noodles? Although, <laughs> do you do you call them ramen or do you call them two minute noodles in New Zealand? Yeah, I think we call them. them two, I think we call them. Well, we used to call them two minute noodles. I think probably culturally they've become ramen over time, mm. right? So um, I think it is one of those things that um, both kind of work for us. Yeah, we're, I mean, it's just always two-minute noodles to, to us, but it's kind of, yeah, it depends where you are. You explain that to people. They're like, what do you mean? You're like, oh, ramen noodles. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that's one one thing I do miss being on keto is you can't buy your five-pack of 99-cent two-minute noodles <laughs> from like, I mean, from Coles or Countdown or something like that yeah. and uh, yeah. just live off them for a week. Um, but I think we've all at one point in our lives lived off two-minute noodles, haven't we? Yeah, I think it was like a first-year university thing that I did and I've never really been a big fan of the noodles like you know like not really my thing i found some for a while that were kind of a bit more exotic you know like instead of just having like the shitty kind of chicken powder that you put in with it they kind of had like this little chili paste and stuff oh the magorings Um, yeah yeah yeah. and i was like oh these are these are pretty good so so um yeah those lasted a little while but no they've never really been my go-to i must say yeah, look, I, I've gone through many periods where I would eat them. You coat them in cheese, a bit of barbecue sauce. Can't go wrong with those. <laughs> uh, even 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 on toast, got to say, not too bad. But um, wow. 
you know, you got sometimes you got to live below your means and save a bit of money. And if you can yep. live off something that's costing you ninety nine cents, I mean, I remember when I was living in New Zealand and went to the Grand Prix that year. They were actually having a McGoring stand at the Grand Prix, <laughs> and basically, I think we won. Like you kept going back and you'd roll a wheel or something, and we we came back with basically like a box of like fifty packets of McGoring noodles that we had won <laughs> over four days. So they fed us for quite some time. So you know, yeah, can't yeah. go wrong with that. Yeah, you can't complain with that. It's a, that's a good deal. Um, so I, I suppose we better talk about the episode at some point. Probably. But I did just want one other thing. I wanted to have a slight gripe about before I get started on this episode is I've obviously got this um, this pretty cool little um, collection of Blu-rays for Breaking Bad. It's um, in this kind of collector's tin and things like that. I think I talked about that in the first episode um, about how I managed to to get my hands on this, but. Um, Anyway, I'll put in the, you know, this is the, the second disc of season one, and I can't wait to watch this. And the first thing that pops up is a preview for season three of Breaking Bad um, on my Blu-ray player. It's like, uh, oh. well, I'm glad I'm not watching this for the first time, otherwise I'd be pretty pissed off. Do they give um, lots so of spoilers for it? Like, yeah, it yeah, sure, of... yeah, yeah, spoilers all over it. So it was like, it wow. was kind of, you know, it was like a preview for, you know, Breaking Bad season three was about to be on TV, so it's like, and also catch up with season two, and so it was like, basically, it, it kind of implied that you knew everything that had happened in season two. Interesting. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, for the for the most part, this isn't like, uh, I guess, like a, a Game of Thrones or even maybe a Walking Dead where people die each week. So, you know, it's not really about spoilers on who's going to live or die each week. So, I suppose it's not the end of the world, but pretty weird setup anyway but yeah. it also had like you know you know remember when blu-ray started happening and it was all like here's what it looks like on your normal tv now here's what it looks like on blu-ray it was like the movies they were showing were like men in black and hancock remember hancock oh it yeah the hero movie with will smith and then like yep. um don't mess the with deadpool the before deadpool oh zohan yeah. love that movie i actually <laughs> yeah. like if i have to rank my adam sandler movies that's up there as one of his very <laughs> underrated gems i used to obsess with that movie yes silky what is it silky smooth when he's doing the haircut yeah <laughs> so yeah i was in a grumpy mood to start with so i'm glad that uh, the rest of this episode kind of kind of um goes down well because it was a bit annoying to start with but but anyway the episode proper kind of um starts with jesse and he's um applying for the sales job I, i'm not sure that it's a particularly clear exactly what the sales job is in um correct me real if i'm estate, wrong isn't it is it just real estate yeah or is it um, like loans because like he's, i thought uh, it was like a bank or something but um yeah but anyway it's it's kind of a um you know he he thinks he's got this um you know curriculum vitae that he's put together and <laughs> um and um you know he wants a sales job and there's obviously been a misunderstanding i love the kind of reveal as the the manager kind of gets up and opens the blinds and and there's you know the guy outside who we're going to meet in a minute obviously um you know spinning the sign in his costume and, and you know kind of jesse storms out of there it's, it's a cool little opener you know that kind of jesse trying to move away from from the drug thing for right now i think it's it's a cool setup that kind of shows that it's not going to be that easy for him yeah i i kind of like how he's sort of nervous and yeah he's doing the whole like this is my resume or cv yeah. curricular bit which sounds a bit more proper and i like kind of how he's like talking about his sales skills and all that sort of stuff but um you kind of you almost feel bad for him because he's like you know he's sort of come off last week with his parents and now he's kind of yeah trying to i guess go straight and do do the right thing and then you know within what five minutes he's smoking a toke with badger um yeah which, yeah 
You know, that, well, that's a name to... for a band, Smoking a Toke with Badger. Yeah, yeah, well, it's great to meet Badger. I mean, Badger's obviously going to be a character that um, we spend quite a bit of time with, you know, and um, and, and he's a he's a great kind of stoner loser. Like, I, I just love this guy. He's a, he's a great actor. You, you um, know who he reminds me of? Like, I don't know if you ever remember our Oslet Paul, who we had on Survivor Oz and, and a few appearances on the Oz Network. Um, and I'm not saying, I'm, this is not me saying that Paul was a stoner. It's more of just... <laughs> You know, sometimes you can meet a person and you don't know why, but they remind you of someone. Like, and then yep. you connect it. And like, Paul's nothing like this guy in terms of personality and what he lives. Like, I think he looks like him a little bit, and I think his voice kind of is a little bit like him. So yeah. it's kind of how, like I say, random flashback to Survivor Oz. Francesca reminds me of like my very first long-term girlfriend. And if you looked at them side by side, you're gonna be like Ben. How do they like you know no <laughs> resemblance at all? But like, I think it was the eyes. Like, there's certain things that kind of remind you of people. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so. Long-term Survivor Oz fans of our Ozlets, Paul Luttrell, this guy here. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's kind of like he just he just fits into this world seamlessly, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. and, you know, like and you know, they, they, as you say, they're kind of um, they're smoking some weed out the back, and um, and Badger's trying to get him back into the game and all this kind of stuff, and um, says he can hook him up with pseudoephedrine, um, and you know, which is obviously the key ingredient. So it, it's a great scene that kind of sets up that you know Jesse thinks he wants to move on but the reality is is that he doesn't really want to move on um so yeah i think it's i think it's a great way to kind of um open this um introduce badger as this kind of cool character who you know between him and, and skinny pete are going to kind of be these these kind of um friends of jesse's that we're going to come back to um quite often and um both of them are, are kind of great in their own way you know like they, they both are kind of quite complimentary it's a cool little you could almost see like a little mini series could have been done just with three of them you know um mm. and, and so yeah no i, I really enjoy all this stuff to start the start the episode it was a shameless plug to our charlie baker interview i remember we talked about um sort of the chemistry between him uh the guy who plays badger and obviously uh aaron paul and just kind of you know i think talked about like was that something that just was natural did you guys work on this and he sort of implied that it was pretty natural and that they would sort of hang out afterwards and things which you can tell like these guys just work yep. off and obviously it's early days we're only meeting these i mean badger's almost an antagonist in this episode more so and you don't realize he's going to be sort of become a friend later on but um what what i like about this episode i know we talked about last week you mentioned about how it was kind of two parts in one way like last week and this week kind of connected i think this one i this episode to me works a lot better and i also just I kind of like the way they set this out where it's like we've, we haven't really had Walt and Jesse together, what, since episode two. Um, yeah. And it's kind of almost like that they've got to be brought back together. We're going to kind of get the great ending of this episode and kind of you've yeah. got that with Jesse here that he's almost depressed. And, like, I kind of I kind of like it because, like, you've only had these guys cook, like, basically once, go through a lot of shit together. You think they should hate each other, but somehow, like, this has formed some sort of connection between the two of them that they're kind of going to be tied together again mm. so i like this setup with jesse at the beginning sort of you know almost been drawn back into it and you're going to get walt here kind of you know i mean you, you question walt a little bit more i think because you know he's maybe just protecting his pride a little bit more but uh again uh there's plenty of uh you know layers to why he's going to do what he's going to do in this episode yeah yeah absolutely um and you know so that kind of moves us into our first walt scene and it's um kind of walt and Skyler on their way to to elliot's birthday party and um I, I just love everything about this birthday party it's um you know it, it's so good and i you know like i'm somebody that i think um ha has said before when doing recaps and, and things like that on other shows and movies that i, I love stuff where you dig into into 
characters' backstories, and this is kind of a quite a big part of this episode is backstory. You know, we're going to find out. Um, well, we're not going to find out exactly, but we're going to ha- come to an understanding that obviously, um, you know, Walt and Elliot were, were good friends and, and business partners and research partners at one point, and um, you know, like there's a clearly been a, a past relationship between Walt and Gretchen, and um, and you know, we can't we don't kind of find out exactly what has happened there in the history, but it's it's really awkward, but awkward in a good way, you know. And so they obviously turn up to, you know, they didn't get the memo that it was that it was an all beige party, so they turn up, you know, looking like they're completely out of place and Walt in this kind of like quite old fashioned suit and Skylar in this kind of, you know, bright blue cocktail dress and, um, you know, they immediately stand out and, you know, there's just, there's so many parts of this, you know, obviously Walt kind of goes into the, the, you know, the, um, the study and sees the things that, you know, basically kind of showing what his life could have looked like if he'd continued down this road. And, you know, we kind of never really find out why he didn't go down that road exactly, which I, I kind of quite like that we get a little bit of backstory, but it's still left a little bit ambiguous for us so we can kind of fill in the gaps ourselves, which I kind of quite like. Um, you know, what kind of comes out and, and sees Skylar, you know, talking to Elliot and then he's talking with old colleagues and, and you know, kind of has to, you know, before he kind of goes, he's talking about, you know, as an education and, oh, you know, which university? And that's hmm. kind of when it kind of cuts off. So it's quite a lot there. I'll, I'll kind of let you, obviously, we that's the part where we also find out about grey matter, you know, that um, it's a combination of Walton Elliot's names um, that's, that's kind of created this, which is what gives us our episode title as well. Um, so there's a lot of information being dropped here, but it's all in a really kind of fun way like um you know i just i kind of can't draw my eyes away from this it's you know even though it's not kind of like this massive action scene i just find it just so captivating watching these characters all interact with each other you know it's excuse me kind of like i mentioned last week with like elliot and gretchen it's kind of like i don't know if you're ever meant to really know if you're meant to like these guys or hate these guys because it's kind of you can kind of do both i think i think it's more so probably hate in some way but uh i guess also you know, you kind of realize they're important, but, um, yeah, no, I'm with you. Like, I kind of like all this sort of background stuff feels very natural. And I mean, we've all been to parties like this. We've all been to events where, you know, we kind of just show up and you kind of don't want to be there for that long. And you kind of got people being a bit, you know, obnoxious or things like that and just kind of showing off things and that. But, um, like, it's kind of interesting even here, like when we meet Elliot, like you kind of don't feel like Elliot's doing anything wrong in a weird way like he's just doing that even when he's getting like a present which is like a guitar signed by eric clapton and it's kind of like oh you know uh but you just yeah i like sort of walt sort of here and he's going in the library and looking at you know the the framed magazine articles and sort of yeah the conversations when he's like oh education oh what university kind of um weirdly reminds me he's a really weird connection Uh, i don't know how knowledgeable you are on independence day when um, Will Smith's uh, well, eventual wife in that movie is like talking with the first lady and she's like, I'm a dancer. And the first lady's like, oh, ballet? Uh, no, exotic. <laughs> um, so just sort of <laughs> different ends of the tracks there. But um, yeah, like, again, I, I like it. It kind of, it just, I think it just, again, goes on that realism level. Just back to what I was saying. Like, we've all been yeah, yeah. here. We've all been yeah. in a situation like this and you can, you can connect with Walt and Skylar being in this party. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously the next scene is you know where Elliot's opening all these presents, and you know, and that kind of brings us back to you know Walt being pissed off because it said no presents, and they'd bought this kind of joke presents, which is the the ramen noodles, which we talked about before, and you know, Elliot is you know like makes it into this you know like he's quite earnest about receiving it and it kind of makes me think that we've probably all got this friend who's like 
you know, annoyingly positive. You know? <laughs> well, I certainly do, oh, but yeah. maybe that's because I'm a yeah, bit of a, a bit of a negative do. person. But um, Me too. but yeah, and and you know, <laughs> um, and you know, these people that you know they find a positive in everything, they can kind of annoy you a little bit. And and I think that's you know for Elliot, and you know, you kind of get the thing. I, I do like this kind of scene that we we move into, which is you know, um, the party's obviously dispersed a bit, and, and Walt and Elliot are reminiscing on old days, and and that gets into talk about Elliot potentially offering Walt a job, and and therefore health and insurance and then the bit we see we don't see which is off screen is that basically that ends in Elliot offering him money for mm. his medical bills and you kind of get the feeling that you know Walt quite enjoys hanging out and spending time with Elliot but there's still this kind of resentment um, below the surface and and Walt's obviously somebody that has a lot of unfulfilled ambitions and and you know they, they kind of manifest through who Elliot is so um, I, I really like this because it feels real I feel like we're probably all you know, being in a kind of friendship like this where, you know, like we, we, we're happy being friends with somebody but they also have done things that annoy us and you know so it, it does kind of just feel real to me it feels what real friendships are like and, and you know like too often on shows like this especially with somebody you know Elliot's not a main character you know like he will pop up here and there but you know this feels like as I kind of said with Badger it feels just kind of lived in this feels like real um, and these characters just kind of come in and, and just arrive fully formed and, and just feel really really natural to me What's actually really interesting is Elliot is literally only going to be in three episodes of Breaking Bad. I didn't Which realize Which is crazy, he's in... yeah. Yeah. I, th- I, I, th- th- I think Elliot and Gretchen. Yeah, I think Elliot and Gretchen, Elliot and Gretchen sorry, are, are characters that I think um, are referred to a lot off screen. Um, so I think it feels like they're probably in this show a lot more than they actually are. Um, and, and that's because, yeah, they're, they're constantly referenced, even though they're not actually in the show. Um, and one of the things I just wanted to point out, um, Gretchen. The actress who plays, I should know this, um, being that she's quite a famous actress, um, Friends, Jessica. Yes. Jessica, Jessica Hitch, I mean, Hitch, he, yeah, she, yeah, yeah. She, she looks like she hasn't aged today, and in fact, has gotten mm. younger since she was on Friends. It's kind of quite amazing, really. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I'm just absolutely baffled. And, and to kind of spoil it, we're not going to see, and I don't know about Gretchen, but we're not going to see Elliot till the second and last episodes of the entire wow. series. So yeah. that's crazy because, like, I again, like, I I assumed they were a lot more prominent than that. Yeah. Um, Adam Godley is his name, and he's been in lots of other things. I watched Suits a couple of years ago, and I know he was a character in that for a while. Right. But um, he's definitely like he's one of these guys who will randomly appear in something, and you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, but possibly best known now for this, I guess, even though he's only in it for a little bit. But um, yeah, no, you're right. Like I was going to say that I think we've all got friends like this. Um. Yeah, I definitely have friends where, again, you're friends with them. You, you, you know, you, you you do this and you, you go back, but it's not that there's resentment there. I guess your lives have taken a different path or, you know, things have gone a different way or, yeah, like, I don't know. We, we all have been in situations, again, like this with friends who, you know, I mean, they might think the same way or, again, like going back to that overly positive thing that you're talking about that, you know, they don't see anything wrong with how they're being. But um, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think probably the thing with with um, Elliot too is that he kind of feels like a, like a character of his time. Like this would have been right around the kind of Steve Jobs. Yeah, you know, everybody thought Steve Jobs being you know. I don't know, the genius or whatever. And, you know, like he feels like very much a Steve Jobs type guy to me. You know, he kind of feels like this, you know, millionaire, you know, 
um, genius, whatever you want to say, but he, you know, he dresses down and, you know, um, you know, Walt's in a suit, whereas Elliot's kind of just dressed in kind of like a sweater and, yeah. you know, so it kind of, he just feels like he's probably quite a relatable character. Um, mm. So yeah, it, it really, really works for me. We get this kind of, you know, this tension scene of, of you know, Skylar and, and um, Walt arguing as they kind of leave the party um, and, you know, Skylar wanted him to take the offer and he's obviously not going to and that kind of leads us into this kind of, you know, tense scene at the breakfast table the next day presumably breakfast. um yeah, <laughs> yeah we need like a breakfast counter i eh? like it is just one of those those kind of themes of the show really um um and yeah and 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 walt jr kind of leaves he's obviously still pissed about about the whole situation from the last episode which is understandable i guess from his perspective um so so yeah that kind of sets us up for kind of the walt story where we're going this episode of you know him having to make a decision about what he's going to do and if he's going to accept this money and so so yeah i i think it's um we're, we're well placed as we kind of head into the episode we've got two two major kind of story plot lines happening and and um, both of them have kind of largely been set up now which is good and I think also maybe why you feel Elliot and Gretchen are a lot more prominent is because kind of, yeah, as you said, they're mentioned a lot. And I guess kind of this really does give Walton out to explain where money's coming from for a while. So exactly, yeah. kind yep. of it's there. So you kind of have to have something going on. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting, this breakfast, I mean, you know, the, yeah, the Breaking Bad jokes about lots of breakfast scenes. I think this is only number two or number three at least. But um, <laughs> I... I don't know if you're a fan of the Honest Trailer series on YouTube, but um, I think I mentioned last week about how, you know, some people criticise that, yeah, it takes a while to get into. And I know on the Honest Trailer, they get there and they talk about it taking a while to get into. And then they use this scene as an example. So, like, sometimes on the Honest Trailers, they'll kind of try and point out certain scenes as being really bad. So, they actually, they'll put, like, down the bottom actual unedited scene from episode five. So they've just got like this 30 second clip of people just drinking coffee, staring at each other at the breakfast table and like, okay, taken into isolation. Yeah. You might go, well, okay, that's pretty boring. But like, I think it works well in context when you're watching the episode. So I get it. Honest trailers. They're funny. I enjoy the channel, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, we're in episode five and we're absolutely hooked to this show already. So if this is maybe episode one or two, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Just a random little unfair criticism. I think that, they use this scene as an example of it being slow. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's interesting. I mean, um, I think probably this show does really well at kind of um, building tension um, without having to have big action scenes. You know, like, and don't get me wrong, there is lots of good action scenes as well. Um, but I think, you know, absolutely that they're able to do a lot of cool stuff through some great acting and mm. um you know great writing and, and all that kind of stuff so i i think that's a real credit to the show I'd, um yeah it's um it is just something that i i don't i don't need a big action scene or you know fast paced mm. stuff all the time um so so yeah um i mean when we get that stuff i'm gonna love it too so it's, I think it's, it's also all- yeah sorry i was just gonna say it's also that um when I mean, we talk about the realism of the show i mean if you're in a relationship or anything and you have a fight, like you do often go like a day or, you know, the next morning you're still kind of shitty each other. So you kind of, you do sit at a table awkwardly and not talk. Like it's kind of, I mean, how many of these shows do characters have like a big fight and the next minute they're, they're talking or conveniently, like we see them have a fight and the car trip, you know, what are they quiet in the car trip? And then they start talking about as soon as they walk in the door. Like it's kind of, you know, it's, it's the way of moving the, the plot forward. I get it. But like, I mean, this, this to me is realistic. Like if a couple had a fight like this, probably they've gone home they've just gone to bed they've not said anything to each other they've gotten up in the next morning and here they are sitting at the breakfast table still shitty at each other i mean we've all we've all been here so yeah Yeah. i I add the realism to it as well yeah 
yeah, absolutely. Um, so that kind of moves us on to um, the kind of um, the Jesse Badger story, and um, you know, like we kind of get the scene where where Badger turns up with the pseudo ephedrine and and his crossbow, which is going to be something that comes up later on in the episode as well. Um, and you know, like turns up and and um, Jesse's kind of set back up in the RV and um, I think this is just like a really kind of fun dialogue scene between these two and and obviously what we're setting up here is that you know Jesse you know in that first cook with Walt Jesse was the the kind of um, you know the, the kind of loser guy who was who was just bumming around and, and not being serious about it and um, now there's a role reversal where you know Jesse knows the name of all the implements and he wants to get serious about this cook and it's it's Badger who's messing around and, and that kind of you know that moves us into this kind of great cooking scene which I think is like just a real highlight um, one of the things that I think Breaking Bad does really well is these kind of musical montage scenes um, you know and it's just Jesse trying to actually get on with the job and, and while Badger's messing around and just being a dick in the background and um, it, it, it's really, really cool, and it's um, it's set to this this song that I've never heard of before, which is Ah, uh, literally called Ah, uh, um, <laughs> by um, I think it's Fuja uh-huh. and Miyagi. <laughs> um, I think is that so uh, oh, I'd never heard of it before, but it kind of just really, really works with the scene. It's just it's a hell of a lot of fun. Um, it's um, I, I do find kind of like the cutting between the Walt and um, Jesse storylines a bit odd because that's kind of that kind of leaves us and then we, we kind of head back to kind of the, the Walt Walt Jr. story. So, um, yeah, I just uh, I'm assuming that you love this these scenes as, as much as I do. Yeah, no, I do. Absolutely. I agree with you. Kind of some of these montages and we talked about the music before that it's kind of, yeah, just songs that genuinely you've never heard of that kind of actually really, really work. Um, yeah. I mean, it would have been so easy to just put this to some, you know, kind of like what Nip Tuck did. You know, we, I mean, we never criticised Nip Tuck for it. I think Nip Tuck generally it worked. In the surgery scenes, it was generally to a fairly well-known song. But, I mean, also I think Ryan Murphy is going to have that sort of level of what he's going to do here. But, you know, Vince Gilligan kind of goes for sort of obscure songs, which no doubt, you know, as I said, I own a couple of the soundtracks of this show. So you know them from it. Um, but, yeah, yeah, no, I love, the, I love sort of Jesse all of a sudden kind of, yeah, naming the things when he's like, that's a boiling flash or whatever it is yeah. or a boiling flask. And uh, when he's like, it's a big beaker or whatever it is. And then just, it's kind of, you know, it's it's going back to what I was saying before. Like These guys only had like one scene of cooking together, but already it's like had an effect on Jesse where he's kind of like, okay, like, you know, um, I, don't, I don't know if maybe the undertones here of Walt being a father figure because we saw his father last week and not really a good father. So this is maybe a different type of father figure. So who knows? But um, yeah, I, I, like I love the sort of the... You know, Badger just like reading porn, eating chips, um, you know, falling asleep. Um, I love the um, the time lapse, and we get a lot of time lapses next week. But there's that yeah. shot of the RV, like in the desert. You got the sky, just like I love that shot. Like such yeah. a great shot. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I love just the random bit with Badger and the crossbow, which is kind of funny. But yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the yeah, crossbow it's, comes it's back epic. up later in the in the episode, which is really cool. I think it's one of those things too. Of um, you know, like I, I think if you listen to the the commentaries that um, that they have on these shows, or you read this book that I've got, or you know anything that you hear about Breaking Bad, they always talk about how important you know New Mexico is or Albuquerque is as this kind of. Um, almost a character in and of itself and so anytime they do a cook scene where they're out you know in the desert and they're kind of doing this cook scene they really do make good use of the the terrain as as kind of a character in and of itself which is really cool it's it's interesting you mentioned that we talked about recently um at least chronologically i think this is a much later episode of 24 but at least in time we're recording this uh colin and i were talking a little bit about how 
you know, they would often use LA as a character. And, you know, I brought up then that you and I talked a lot about in Nip Tuck about how kind of at least early on Miami was sort of used as a character and then kind of it just became generic location before we went to LA. But um, yeah, like we seem to cover a lot of shows like this where the, the location is a character. Like Third Watch, we would talk all, you know, yeah, the creators would often say about how important New York was like as a character of the show. So, and obviously we famously Breaking Bad was meant to be set in California, but it was like tax... Uh, reasons or something like that that they basically switched it over to Albuquerque and like at the end of the day I think that helped this show like I mean if this was just set in Southern California like okay sure you're going to remember it but it's just another show in California I mean I remember at university meeting a girl from the States and um, she was like oh I'm from Albuquerque and my first thing reference point uh, I said like New Mexico and she's like oh yeah so you watch Breaking Bad and I'm like, oh, no, I just kind of know my states. And my, my reference point to Albuquerque was Bugs Bunny car, cartoons. When it's like, eh, I knew I should have taken a left at Albuquerque. Um, so, but she sort of mentioned that since Breaking Bad came into the picture, Albuquerque all of a sudden got known as a place. It, it yeah. shot up in terms of people yeah, knowing well, I, where I, it is. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm certain that there are probably um, um, location tours that you can do. Um, much oh, yeah. like here in New Zealand, you can go and do anything Lord of the Rings you know, like you can go to filming locations and things like that. I, I, I'm certain that, that that is the same for Breaking Bad and Albuquerque. You do it, so. yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, New York, big cities like that have it. But I, I, when I went to Honolulu and I went to there was this Kaolaa Ranch, and uh, I mean, just a famous area where they filmed tons and tons of movies. But one of the things I really wanted to do was even. I mean, I went in what 2017, so seven years after Lost had ended. They still had Lost tours, um, and like it was. It's like about six, seven hundred dollars for this whole day trip where they basically took you to, you know, and I saw a bunch of lost locations on this Kalua ranch, but I so wanted to splurge. I so wanted to do all these unique lost locations. And yeah, because I think kind of it is, you know, lost, breaking bad, these big shows that even several years removed that people are still doing these sort of tours of the city because it, it left such an impact. I know, I know, for example, like Minneapolis, um, was it the Mary Tyler Moore show was set there. So there's like, and this is like what, from the seventies or eighties, whenever that was set. And there's like a statue of Mary Tyler Moore, like in downtown, uh, Minneapolis, I think like Philadelphia, there's a Rocky statue on top of the stairs, like where he did the thing. So, you know, there's these famous sort of things that are set in these locations where they, they hold up to it all these years later. I mean, when I go to Sydney, I still literally see buildings downtown. I'm like, oh, that was in the Matrix. That's one that got, like, the helicopter flew into. And there's the every time I walk past the fountain with a girl in the red dress from the Matrix, I know where it is. Yeah. I'm like, there's a fountain with a girl in the red dress. I know it. It's right there. So things like that, that yeah. do stick with you. Yeah, well, I've just done a quick little Google search, and there's actually a tour you can do where they put you in a in a replica of the RV itself, ah, and they drive you around nice. for three and a half hours, and it looks cool. I'm going to Albuquerque to go and check it out because it looks yeah, awesome. I'd do that, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. Okay, well, so that kind of brings us back to um, this next scene where we get with Walt Jr., which um, feels a, a little bit out of place, but I guess it's kind of going to bring us back to an important point about about Walt, um, which is obviously Walt Jr. with a couple of mates trying to get somebody to buy them some beers outside a convenience store, um, and the guy that they ask ends up being a cop um, hmm. who um, calls. Um, calls Hank who who Walt Jr. has said is his dad. You know, Hank comes to pick him up, drops him off, um, and then they come you know, turns into a discussion about how um, you know, Walt Senior has been using 
um, or smoking weed. You know, that's the kind of story that that Skylar thinks is happening, and this is where they decide to stage an intervention. So, I mean, that's kind of the, the major point here. It's a it's got a fun little scene with Walt Jr. It does feel to me a little bit out of the place, but you know, like not everything has to be absolutely perfect. You know, it's a, um, but I think it does kind of work within the context of the episode still. Yeah, I mean, I agree the point that it kind of brings us this intervention. But yeah, like, I, I forgot about this and I was kind of watching this going like, what, what's this got to do with anything? I guess it's kind of like Marie stealing things. It's kind of like, I guess, give him something to do. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know when your birthday is, Nick. I, I, is it October? Is your birthday October? August. August. Oh, okay, never mind. But um, I know my birthday being in March. So when I turned 18, uh, I would often, I was like kind of the earliest in my friendship group to turn 18. So I <laughs> yeah. was often the one who would have to buy people cigarettes or, or beer. And yep. I, I ended up getting to a point where I was just an absolute asshole. So, like, you know, give me a $20 note, cigarettes, $13, <laughs> I'm keeping the change. I'm, I'm breaking yeah, the law yeah. for you. So yeah. um, I ended up making a bit of money. I remember my 18th surprise party, which was not a surprise, um, showed up late and uh, everyone was basically pissed. And I was like, you know, okay. And then so somebody was like, oh, Ben, go buy me a six-pack. Gave me a $100 note. And they're like, keep the change. <laughs> so I it was like, I don't know, 20 bucks. I pocketed 80 bucks out of it. So I was like, sweet, nice. this is great being 18. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think I ever approached someone, you know, to go and buy me something before I was 18. Though. I think I was well-behaved. So Yeah, no, I think I had... Uh- I have my mate who I would drink with um, his parents would be you know do the whole responsible thing of buy us a couple so we wouldn't go out and buy a whole bunch so um, but yeah I mean I was never somebody that drank a whole lot my first ever legal purchase of alcohol I think was to buy somebody I worked with a <laughs> bottle of vodka who was like 16 so probably not a great thing to do but you know that was a, a long time ago if the ago police now, are so. listening our addresses <laughs> are the following <laughs> yeah if they're really that bothered uh, um, chasing me out they can do it um, they'd, ha- they'd have to have some good evidence like uh, maybe it's a false confession i'm just yeah. just giving but anyway, we're just trying we'll to sound on. cool nick and i have actually never touched alcohol in our lives we're <laughs> complete squares yeah. yes yes i have an untapped account which probably um <laughs> um makes that a complete lie but anyway um so we move on so there's a little bit of i think a little bit of kind of weird cutting between these two storylines so i'm going to kind of just cover a couple of stories which are kind of intercut a little bit here and just talk about the kind of jesse badger scenes because we get a couple with a waltz scene in the middle so we're kind of you know we're kind of getting to you know they've got the results of this first cook and um you know like badger thinks it's amazing but it's obviously not up to jesse's new standard that he's now learned from from Walt and it's you know it's too cloudy it's not how it should be and he kind of throws it out um, and and then we have an, another scene with Walt and we come back to these guys again um, and um, you know again it's another another one that he's not happy with and, and this ends up with these guys having this kind of you know this this kind of quite comedic fight I suppose they're quite good at doing these kind of comedy fights I think on Breaking Bad mm. um, so so yeah I think it's really good um, and basically that in, ends with Jesse kind of getting in the RV and and, uh, and driving away um, and I think Badger tries to uh, um, he, he, he flicks a, a crossbow shot at him on the way out so it's kind of a funny little scene and kind of that role reversal of Jesse that we talked about a little bit earlier earlier so yeah i think they're really fun i want to talk about this kind of intervention scene as one so i kind of want to just get all the kind of jesse stuff out of the way before we move on to that story now i must be jumping into a different uh universe here because i for one reason thought that this crossbow hit like the fuel line and then they were stuck but that's back to the future isn't it (laughs) yeah yeah well, well, I actually thought the same thing. So I wonder if that's something that will come up later on um, in another 
you know, like maybe that's going to happen somewhere else in, in Breaking Bad because it, it did feel similar to me too, but yes, it is, yeah. Breaking, it is, a, it is this, a Back to the Future thing as well. Yeah, I definitely know it's a Back to the Future thing, but for some reason I just thought that this came out later on anyway. But um, no, I like it. Like, again, I, I sort of, I, this again goes into just this, this influence that sort of this one cook has had on Jesse that he's like a perfectionist now and he's like, you know, it's yeah. it's cloudy. And I, I, I just kind of like that, like, because, like, I mean, if they had just gone straight away, like, Jesse can cook straight away like Walt, then you're not going to need Walt, are you? Um, so, you know, it's kind of obviously Walt's that good at doing it um, for a reason. So, yeah, I, I do like how he just throws it out. And, like, it's this is, what, a couple of thousand dollars worth of crystal meth that you're just throwing out. And, oh, I could have smoked that. Like, I'm not here to advocate for drugs, but I kind of actually am almost on badges. Like, don't want to waste money there. Like, I mean, you know. Yeah, it is a it is a funny thing because I mean, um, you know, it, and it's probably a bit of a critique. You could say that Jesse's gone from you know literally putting chilli powder in his um, in his meth like a couple of episodes ago to no, nah, it has to be completely pure up to Walt standard. Otherwise, it's not good enough. And and that maybe that feels like far too quick that that's kind of happening. I don't know, but um, you know, I, I, to me, I don't really, I'm not really too worried about it. But yeah, you're totally right. He could just sell this under the table of Badger and say, hey, here you go, I'm giving it to you at cut price. Here it yeah. is. You go and sell it. Do what you want with it. So, so, um, yeah, but I think it's more fun to see him throw it out. So, so yeah. yeah. I like when Badger's like going. And I, I, like Badger obviously just gets left out in the mid- middle of the desert. I mean, we never really kind of find out, I think, or maybe we do, yeah. I don't know. But um, one thing actually I do like is I think it was the earlier scene, though, but um, sort of how these bullet holes are still in the RV and then yeah. Badger's like, are they bullet holes? Like, no, no, they're just ventilation. Like, yeah. they're quite clearly bullet holes. And it's just yeah, kind of like, yeah. yeah, no, just ventilation. Yeah. But what's what's the, um, the thing that Badger, when he picks up Jesse and he – he does like helicopter spin, yo, or something like that. Oh, he's yeah, like yeah, trying yeah. to like yeah. slam him down. Um, back to the sign spinning. So, um, yeah, it's a fun scene. Like, I'm with you. I like kind of these comedic fight scenes. We've had a couple of these now in a few episodes. So, yeah, it's good. The um the bullet holes kind of remind me of that scene in The Simpsons where you know um um Homer's putting um using like a an, an ice pick to put speed holes in yeah. the front of um Flanders' <laughs> car, yeah. Um so yeah, then we kind of move on to what I think is kind of like the centerpiece of this episode, which is really this kind of intervention and um does everything about this is fantastic. You know, I think um that you know they they kind of get the comedy right, and I think um kind of Dean Mar- Dean Norris is so amazing in this. You know, like you just you just get that slight comedy aspect from him, like even as kind of um Walt walks through the door just the look on Hank's face is just so funny and then you know like the kind of picking up like you know six or seven cubes of cheese you know from the kind of like um you know snack board that they've got there it's just like it's so funny like I just I think it's really really good and um you know and and you know I think this this is actually a really serious scene though but it is kind of intercut with these kind of like funny moments but but obviously you know the kind of the talking pillow thing that you kind of referenced at the start is you know everybody's going around the table saying what what um Walt should do and this kind of eventually leads to to you know this really impassioned speech from from Walt you know and the kind of the whole crux of it is he kind of says you know all I've got left is is how I choose to approach this um and you know I just think Brian Cranston's so amazing in these scenes you know I think it's just it's really really good um and obviously it leads to Marie kind of siding with with Walt much to Skylar's disappointment um and disgust I suppose but um yeah I think there's just there's real emotion in this and I think um you know even you see like when Brian Cranston's kind of delivering these lines it's kind of the the, the camera I think is focusing on Skylar or whoever but you can kind of see marie in the background and she's like really in tears you know like i think it's it's just it's really really good um so yeah i just everything about this i just really really like um and you know i think at the at this point in the show i think that we're really trying to build up 
this this kind of sympathy for Walt, and I think they really nail it with the scene. Like at the moment, you really you're behind him. You know, like you really feel like he's taking control and doing things for himself that he thinks is the right thing to do. And and um, I think one of the things I really like about this as well is that everybody's kind of got something that is actually you know, a, a valid point. Nobody's particularly wrong in this situation, but ultimately it's Walt that gets to make these decisions. So, so yeah, I, I, I can't speak highly enough of this. I think, um, you know, I think this is a good episode um, without this stuff, but with this, it's just such a centerpiece that kind of just, to me, turns it into a, a, a fantastic episode. Well, I think, again, potential top five moment, just put it up as a potential nominee. Um, but, yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. I also, like you touched on it, was it last week or the week before, about how, you know, Walt doesn't really seem to have control over his life. Things just kind of happen, and he kind of mentions that in this sequence. Um, yeah, I mean, Hank is brilliant. Like, like thing about Hank is just, again, he's just such a guy that, like, he just, um, he, he's so awkward in, in expressing his emotions. So he's using, like, sports analogies here, and, like, here's your at the bottom of the ninth, and, you, you know, you've done your back, but you've got to get the pinch hitter in. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> um, and then I just love it when he gets, like, really uncomfortable when he's got the pillow, and he's like, yeah, somebody else want to take this thing? And just, like, shoves it. And, yeah, Walt Jr., obviously, sort of basically saying, like, I've got no choice. Like, you're a pussy. Like, you know, you, you can fight this. Um, and there, when every time when Walt starts talking and kind of just, just that speech he kind of has about like, you know, not being able to work, not being able to do this and not being able to make love. Um, and just kind of really sort of pointing out there, like, yeah, it's, it's emotional. And but you're right. Like everyone's kind of got their say, like even the way Skylar, like, again, you can understand what Walt's saying, but you can understand what Skylar's saying. Like no wife or husband in whatever situation, if they're on the other side of it, is literally just going to go, okay, yeah, fair enough. Like, let's just watch you die like you know of course they're going to want you to fight um so and i think again it anyone who's ever been in these situations before like this is a conversation you maybe not with a talking pillow and a snack plate but like you, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna have these sorts of conversations because it does come down to quality versus quantity of life so yeah i think it's important that you need to have a scene like this and it, and it works very well everyone's just very natural the way they're acting um uh, i think kind of everybody sitting around this uh table is just brilliant um you know, so yeah, uh, I, I'd say it's a potential nominee for a top five. Mark it down as a maybe, but um, yeah, I agree with you completely. This is a good enough episode without this, but yeah, this definitely elevates it higher. Mm. It's a lot better than last well, week. Let's just say that. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's one of those things that I think um, you know when when you when you talk to people about the show, they remember kind of like you know the bath falling through the ceiling and you know um, the crazy eight getting choked and you know they remember those big things and and obviously the big things that are going to come up in the future of the show. But um, I'm always one that loves these dialogue scenes and, and loves mm. these like just really kind of simple acting scenes and um, and you know like Brian Cranston. And, and actually all these guys, but, you know, Brian Cranston especially, you know, um, you know, there's a reason why they are so acclaimed for the show by everybody, you know, by fans, by critics, you know, that he's won so many awards is because it is just like it's a, you know, it, it, it's, it's the role of a lifetime and he makes the most of it. You know, it is just, it's so amazing. And I just think the way the lines are delivered, you know, in the wrong hands, these lines could, you know, could come across as a bit hokey. But, you know, even things like, you know, I choose not to do it. You know, it just it feels just so natural when he says it. And, um, you know, the, the, the kind of emotion just feels pitched in the right way. Like, it just feels like you can tell he's really emotional. But, you know, you're also not having people blubbering and things like that. It just feels really, really natural. It feels like if you're in this situation, 
this is kind of what would happen, you know, like a lot of people would kind of experience it in this way. So, um, yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough of it. It's, it's, it's a great scene. And um, whether or not it makes it into our top five is a discussion for another show, but it, it's really good. Um, and then kind of we move move on um, to the next scene, um, which is, you know, Walt waking up in the morning and, you know, kind of sees that big stack of books on, on um, the nightstand that Skylar's, you know, reading on how to deal with this. And, um, and you know, this kind of dawning realisation that it's not just about him, you know, that he's going to have to make, make some decisions as well. And, and, you know, that ends with him kind of going into the kitchen and, and telling her that he will do the treatment after all. Um, and I think this is where kind of Anna Gunn's acting kind of comes into it as well. So I think that, that palpable sense of relief on her face, you know, um, when he does say that he will go through with the treatment, I think it's just, it's, it's really powerful. You know, I think she does a really good job of actually not saying anything, but just her, her reaction to his words is, is really, really impressive. So I think that that's really, really good. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know if you've got any thoughts you want to say on that before I kind of move on to it's, our kind of closing scenes. Well, I mean, I'll just add that sort of the last sort of 10 minutes is quite emotional. And I think, like, one thing I'll say is that, like, I actually, you know, weirdly got a bit teary in this scene when all, all he's doing is in bed is just mm. he's sniffing the pillow, he's sniffing a cream, and, like, just, mm. like, just he sort of has that look in his eyes where it's just he's taken back to, to him, uh, to her and his love for her and then just that scene when he just kind of hugs her and I don't know, like it's just, um, yeah, it's just, it's so well done. So realistic. Again, this is one of these sort of sequences. I feel that anyone can relate to sort of this in some weird way. And, um, yeah, just him sort of saying that he'll do it. And yeah, as you said, um, just, just the reaction there by Anna Gunn, just, you are not really got much dialogue here. You've got a couple of musical notes, I think kind of a bit of piano playing in the background, but, um, it's just so raw and, yeah, you do, the brilliance of this show that you don't really need to say much to kind of entice an emotion out of you. And, I mean, this whole end of the episode is just quite emotional. But, um, mm. no, yeah, I, I just – just that sequence of him in bed, just just sniffing the pillow. Like, it's it's just – I don't know. It hit, it hit a raw nerve for me. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just goes to show that, that you know, like – these guys are producers the actors the writers they can they can do it all on the show they can do the fancy action stuff but they can do the really emotional stuff really well too and um you know and and i think that's why why you know like questions about whether Walt's the the hero or villain or whatever he is about this um you know whether jesse should be more of a central character or whatever you might think i mean i think there's a reason why Walt's right at the center of this and and you're seeing it right here as this is about him and his family at the end of the day and and what he does and the impacts it has on them so so yeah i think it's it's great um and then the, the, our next scene is uh in, in the waiting room at the treatment center and um you know we, we kind of we hear Walt say that um you know, we, we kind of get a little bit of the yada yada about how this is going to be paid for and, you know, Walt kind of confirming that Elliot's going to pay and so they don't need to kind of go through um, the HMO and all that, which um, I don't fully understand, not being American, how that system works, but uh, kind of get enough of it to, to understand. Um, we see the kind of first kind of um, treatment that Walt kind of goes through and I think one of the things that the show does really well and we'll, we'll kind of pick up on in the next few episodes as well is the kind of the reality of what, this kind of treatment does to people um you know it's not just about hair loss it's you know it's about all sorts of things and um you know there's a there's a good scene that comes up in the next episode that i'll 
that I'll talk about that I think is really good there, but it kind of shows the reality of just, you know, how, how difficult this is. And this, you know, this, I think even that scene where he's kind of been, you know, readied for that first treatment, the kind of colors washed out of the scene, you know, like it's, it's just done really in, in such a good way that you kind of, I think you feel the fear that he has. Um, and yeah, I, I just think it, it's really, really good. Yeah, no, I agree with you again. It's, I think a lot of what, some of this does is it really does show you um, just the the things that people have to go through. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, think about Nip Tuck and Christian having breast cancer. Like, I mean, it's done in a different way. Like, yeah, you see some of it, but it's, you know, obviously a different style of show. And I mean, that's a medical show. And I can think of like, I used to watch ER and I remember sort of the whole uh, Dr. Green going through a brain tumor thing. There are certain things around that, that I never knew. And I don't know if it's true or not or realistic, but I think what Breaking Bad does, particularly in these early days with his cancer, is that it, it, it does paint a pretty realistic vision and it doesn't try and kind of Hollywood it up a little bit, you know, like try like a lot of these shows will have cancer storylines while not trying to make it as graphically bad as how it can be. And just like to have him there kind of, yeah, shirt off, basically being wrapped up in cling film with lasers pointed at him and just, just things like that that, you know, you've got a face they, they they don't kind of paint this out to be anything different and yeah as you said next week kind of with some of the stuff around it so and i think kind of just adds to the the grittiness of the show and realism of the show and just the emotion of the show because yeah like they're, they're really showing a sympathetic side of walt here to kind of make you buy into why he's going to do what he's going to do more and i mean that's the beauty <clears> of the show obviously i also just realized yep. that you're wearing that great new zealand flag t-shirt i just i didn't even realize <laughs> yes, that that was a thing yeah. i keep seeing the silver fern sorry to kind of tangent here i see the silver but I, I just realized it's the kiwi with the laser beams on it. i just have that uh up on my wall in my office when i worked in invercargill so um yeah it was yeah, money well spent money well spent t-shirt. this t-shirt yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, tangent, but um, no, it's it's it's, do- it's it's done it's done really well, I think, kind of. And again, yeah. not much music, just kind of silence and the sound of the machines, and just Brian Cranston mm. basically laying on a table, you know, sort of just looking like he doesn't know what's happening to him. Yeah, I think one of the things that's probably, um, and I'm I'm going to keep trying to call it out when I see it, is that kind of the stuff that you often don't give credit to, and I think last time we talked about kind of. Um, maybe things like costume and, and makeup and things like that, that it's all done in such a good way. And and I think one of the things we keep talking about is music, but also sound effects, I think, is really good yeah. on the show. I think that they're, um, yeah, they're, they're done at the right time. And, and as you say, the kind of dropout of music or or very simple music or, um, you know, I think it's all it, it all kind of works really, really well on the show. So, yeah, it's great. And so that kind of moves us into the last the last scene of the show, which is basically Walt, you know, drives up to Jesse's place, and just as he's about to get out of the car, he gets a phone call, and he thinks it's Elliot, but it's actually Gretchen, and and this is where we, as the audience, find out. And I guess that's the important thing is that we know this, but but obviously Skylar doesn't know this, so we're we're being led in on on part of Walt's lie that that nobody else knows about right now. But um, yeah, that that basically he's turned down that money, um, and he's not going to take that money, and we we kind of get a little bit again of this kind of ambiguous backstory. Where where Gretchen kind of says, is it something to do with you and I as to why you're not taking the money? And um, and she's really emotional too. You know, she's in tears on the phone to him. And um, so I think it's, you know, it, it's really interesting. He's kind of saying that he's covered by his insurance. So, you know, he's starting to lie. This is where Walt's getting get into that dangerous area where he's starting 
to lie and it's only going to grow exponentially as the show goes on but i think that's really good we kind of get them kind of phone call ends drives up and delivers that really classic line to finish the episode to jesse which is what i cook you know and, and um that's one that gets kind of that scene gets repeated quite a lot i think is kind of a real hook into the show for people so um yeah again just a, a great capper on this episode um takes us full circle to actually what we started the the episode before this one you know where it was walton gretchen and that kind of um in that classroom so that's kind of why i think of these two episodes as kind of um two pieces of of you know the same puzzle if you like that i think they kind of bookmark each other with these kind of interactions with gretchen but um yeah i, I think it's it, it's done really well it gives you useful information that is really important for us to know to start to to um, keep up with walt's lies that you know we're getting this information so yeah i think it's i think it's a great way to cap off the episode and it's important i think because you mentioned about how you know crazy eight being a snitch kind of if Walt had let him live, could have just ended the whole thing. This is another moment where, you know, Walt could have just taken the money and then he wouldn't have to keep cooking and that was it. You know, mm. like it could have just been, you know, but like obviously as we're going to learn probably in the next couple of weeks as well, it's like Walt's getting off on it being illegal. Walt's getting off on the excitement and kind of, you know, this badassery that he's doing. And I mean, that's what this show is known for. It's kind of like, yeah, this anti-hero, but, you know, it starts off as Walt being this guy by the end of it, you know, he's pretty much one of the biggest villains in television history. Like, I mean, it's kind of, you know, this journey that he goes on. So, like, here's another one of these moments that, I mean, it's crossroads. He could have easily just taken the money, not gone back to cooking, but he kind of likes, you know, obviously the thrill of it, the cooking of it, the the independence of it that he's making this money himself. Obviously, it's a pride thing, not just taking yeah. somebody's money, yeah. of course. But, um, I mean, right here and there, is where he could easily just go, okay, I'm going to do the right thing. But again, it goes back to that thing about making choices for himself. So, yeah, it's it's a great scene. And, yeah, I don't I think, as you mentioned, we don't really ever get to the bottom of what happens happened between Gretchen and Walt, I guess. But, um, you know, it's something – there's enough there to know that something was happening. And, uh, yeah, the want to cook line. Like, I think I even, before I ever watched this show, would just see trailers of this or kind of, you know, and you would see that as something. So, um, and it's kind of – it's 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 a weird thing. Again, it's only been, what? episode two since we last saw him together oh we saw him i guess having a fight in the backyard was that episode three but like again it feels so much longer it feels so much longer since we've seen these two hanging out together it's only been a couple mm. of episodes and it's kind of like yeah it's kind of it's kind of like a nip tuck again download our nip tuck episodes that like whenever you know christian and sean were apart like even if it was for an episode or two you'd always like, oh they're back together again here they are so yeah it's a nice little moment and uh yeah another good way to end an episode yeah uh, and it's yeah it, it's just really good it just i think each episode just kind of drags you in a little bit more and more so um yeah just fantastic stuff really so i think that just kind of leaves us with um how we're going to rate these episodes um and for me it's a, it's a really easy buy um i think this is a, a great episode um yeah i think in terms of quote-unquote action it's maybe a bit slower but i think kind of uh, as i've talked about kind of building these characters and, and their backstories and their motivations it's it's really important and there's no moment in these episodes where i'm even slightly bored i just i i, I love the whole thing you know it's it's really good um you know in terms of where i'm kind of rating this um, now I have to start thinking that it's more than more than four I have to start thinking but hmm. I think probably um, for me I think that this probably sits behind um, the first episode and the third episode so it's probably my third favourite um, then episode two and then uh, last week's episode is probably um, at, the, at the back for me at the moment um, but yeah this is I'm, I'm glad to be back on the on the buy train because it's it's a, a better place to be 
Yeah, well, I'm with you. I'm buying it. Um, and I'm kind of with you on the rankings too. I also have this in third. I'm pretty sure you and I have the same uh, order right now of all the episodes because uh, yeah, I have mine as episode one, three, five, two, and four. So, um, yeah, I, like you've sort of mentioned a few times, like you don't always have to have big action episodes to be amazing episodes, you know. Um, yeah. I think kind of you can have talking episodes and things like that. I mean, again, just to tag all the shows we've covered on this show, I mean, to me, the greatest episode of Third Watch is basically they all go out drinking after a hard day of work. And, like, that's just, just a character-developed-driven episode where it's all about the characters interacting with each other. Um, so, you know, and I, I think even sort of our Nip Tuck episodes, if you kind of look at it, yeah, we probably had a bit of gloss and glamour on some of them. But, I mean, again, you know, it's not, like, massively action-driven all the time. Could be completely different here on on Breaking Bad again. Uh, could I tell you what the number one episode of all time is right now? No. I mean, I've got an <laughs> idea. But, um, you know, that's just based on maybe having only watched this show two or three times through as opposed to a lot of other people who've watched it a lot more through. So, yeah, anyway, so I've got this in the middle. And just looking here on The Ringer and other sort of rankings, The Ringer has this ranked at number 34 of all time. And uh, Vulture is the other one I have. And Vulture has it ranked at 37. So uh, about halfway for both of them. So, uh yeah, interesting there, just uh, that both of them kind of had them there and thereabouts, essentially, of where they are. So, again, we're still very early days with five episodes in. It might end up being a middle-of-the-road episode, but uh, we've still got plenty of more good to come. Yeah, and, and um, that certainly kind of um, carries on with uh, next week, our No Rough Stuff type deal episode, which um, I think a lot of people kind of talk about this as being, you know, this is where Breaking Bad kind of really takes off, that, you know, all the pieces kind of are in motion from, from this episode onwards. And you get a lot of things that I think become quite um, staples of Breaking Bad, which is kind of like that that mysterious cold open being one of them. Um, you know, like you, you get quite a few things that I think, become real trademarks of the show next week so I, I can't wait to talk about it next week because um you know wh- whatever you might end up thinking about i think it's a, a really really important episode for the show so yeah really looking forward to talking about that one i think we have a top five moment next week that will probably no doubt make the the top five it's actually it's actually quite interesting to think of our top five nominees because it's actually like i think we've almost pretty much almost all the nominees we had put up might make it because i think there's only going to be about five that we sort of have <laughs> based on what i've sort of written down as potentials but you might have some arguments with some different ones it's but, always um, easier when it's a when it's a um a, a seven episode season true. Uh, certainly makes certainly makes it a whole lot easier yeah, well, I at least know on our 24 one at the time of recording where, you know, we've put a few up, but I know for for a fact in the finale of season one of 24, there's three moments in the finale that should be locks for maybe even being top yeah. 10 all-time moments. But, yeah, no, it's it's a good episode. I like, yeah, as you said, kind of the colder uh, opening and we get bald Walt. It's kind of the get used yeah. to him not having hair anymore. And, um, yeah, we meet a pretty important, prominent guy who's going to have a lot of tie-ins to a lot of uh, future bad guys as well. But, um yeah, like, I mean, look, I I watched uh, basically all three of the last episodes back to back to back, and I know as soon as I watched next week, I was like, oh, I have to watch the next one now. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, I think I gave I, you the wrong episode title as well, didn't I? It's actually crazy handful enough the next week. I'm a week ahead of myself, but that's okay. I knew what yeah. I was talking about, and that's all that matters. I knew what you were talking about too, Nick. I just didn't <laughs> want to correct you. You're hosting. It's not my job. But, um, you know, I think, as you said, like, it's, it is, like, if I – think about Breaking Bad and sort of, you know, moments and you were saying before you remember so there's definitely a moment from this episode which and again we talked about sort of Walt almost, you know, becoming a bit of a badass through some of these, but I think kind of yeah, 
next week. Uh, there's definitely one very big badass scene which uh, is often shown a lot in those montage yeah, clips. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was. So um, just before we close out, I have been kind of just trying to keep up with the, the IMDB rating. So it was an 8.4 for that episode too. If you are playing along and wanted to know that, you can obviously look that up yourself. You don't need my help, but I like to note these things all the same. But uh, for now, I think we can kind of wrap up and um, you know, thank you very much for listening. We'd, we really appreciate your feedback if you're enjoying what I've got to say or you've got an opinion that you'd like to tell us about that we kind of weave into future episodes where we're more than happy to hear what you've got to say um but yeah i mean remember to follow us on all the usual social media networks and channels and all that kind of stuff and um you really appreciate any feedback you've got about what we're doing but um i think that that will kind of uh, do us for right now so um um close out this episode thank you very much for listening my name's nick and uh please have a seat and join us And my name is Ben, and come back here, you bitch, I'll mess you up. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right. Your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.